1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, gather around the radio. I hate you. The second hour of the Ride with Royce with Scott Korzanowski filling in for Patrick, is set to get underway with a heated, heated debate about the Timberwolves and the future <laughs> yeah. of head coach Tom Thibodeau?
3: You know, I I appreciate that. Thank you. That's uh, <laughs> what I do. Yeah, I, I just want to say this. Yeah, I, I I start on my Sunday, so I now do a Wiggy stat of the day. Oh, no. A- and some guy on Twitter started telling me that, that, you know, KG was just like Wiggy. And that KG, blah, blah, this, KG, oh, that KG wasn't any good his or first three years. I'm going, ah. Really? really? KG, his second year, made the All-Star team. Okay, second year, made the All-Star team. Second year, they made the playoffs. Well, I was going to say, in the, okay. yeah. They, they made the playoffs in KG's second year. Okay, second year. With Wiggins as the star player, and they would say, well, he got, he had added to his stable, right, Stephon Marbury. Well, guess who Wiggy got added to his in his second year? Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I, would you not say that that Carl Anthony Towns is a better player than Stephon Marbury? Okay. Yes. Uh, okay, this, this is I'm just why. saying that there's been no improvement, and yes. it's not all on
0: Tibbs. Here we go. But,
3: but Wiggins is not a winning. Wiggins is a third or fourth starter period. He's been that way for three okay. and a half years, and it won't change.
0: Okay, hang on a second.
3: But let me just finish, and then I'll get to you. 100 games, Tibbs has been the coach. Tonight will be his 100th game. And through that entire stretch, if you put it all together, including this year, this year they are 26th in defense. Last year, they were 28th. So he gets Jimmy Butler, he gets Teague, he gets Taj Gibson, he gets rid of Ricky, who he thought was the burden of this franchise, and they're better, and they'll probably make the playoffs. But they aren't as good as they should be or as they could be if they were well-coached.
0: There.
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: All right, now you go. Okay, number one, you don't even have to go through all of what you just said. To, I mean, comparing... Andrew Wiggins to Kevin Garnett is ludicrous. Correct. It's ludicrous. And comparing Kevin Garnett in his second year the Wolves making the playoffs is ludicrous because the Wolves made the—they were two games under five hundred and they were the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Okay. The it, Western Conference wasn't nearly—and I'm not taking anything away from that Wolves team. They were they, they were fine. They that was the fun. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. That first series they against the Rockets. They were 40
3: and 42. And they and were the sixth seed in the—, seed year, in the West. And, Okay, and Wiggy's second year— but With it's not, you can't, you No, can't. but let me just say this: they were thirty-one and
0: fifty-one. Yeah. They were nine games worse. So take the playoffs out of the equation. They were nine games worse. But you don't even need to. You you don't even need to, to even mention any of that. Yeah, I, that, I don't have to. I don't need to you, do anything. You I did. You don't. I mean, you don't need to. <laughs> okay, then let me C- let me take comparing a t- me... Wiggins to Kevin Garnett is absurd. It's absurd. Well, let me ask you this. It, you, you are correct.
3: So then why would Tom Thibodeau give a guy who's up who's nowhere near a max-type player give him a max contract? Because they are now paying him the most you can pay him in the NBA. So they are treating him as though he's, you know, and I don't know how many max guys there are, probably what? If each team could have one? So there's there's 30, 30 guys? Is he ever going to be a top 30 player?
2: No. But But I will add one caveat to that. D- they don't have a choice though, right? It's it's either Sure you did. You no, could no. you
3: could have let him go. You could have traded him for Kyrie Irving. Okay? Kyrie Irving, who now hasn't
0: and, a- and with Kyrie Irving and, and Jeff Teague as your backcourt.
3: I look Kyrie That's
0: a great defensive backcourt, Corzo.
3: Uh well, you might want to check you might want to check and, how- and, I,
0: and I would have loved to have seen you with Kyrie Irving and so- Jeff Teague occupying the same backcourt. That would have been Really entertaining to watch you whine and complain on Twitter about how bad a defensive backcourt. Oh, that come was. on, man! Let me
3: ask you this: Who is their who's their two guard now? Wiggins. You think Wiggins is a better defensive player than Kyrie Irving? They're both. Bad Correct. So there you go, and the difference but is. would Do what, you realize you, you that it's you know, would have been, been
0: complaining either way. No, no. I. I, I yes, did. you would have Corzo. That's no, what you would, do. No, you I, watch. No, tw- you no, watch Wolves no, games no, and you no, complain no. all night. Yes, you do. Okay, I
3: will say if, it's if, my you,
2: favorite part about Tim games. If you're happy,
3: well, let me bring you up this. Let me ask. You, let me bring you another stat. Gosh, let me. Let me ask you something. Do you At least with Kyrie Irving, you? I heard a stat driving in tonight. And the other night, the the, the Celtics, who had won 15 in a row, are playing a horrible Dallas team, and they're down 12 in the fourth quarter. That happens in the NBA, even to great teams, right? They're having one of those nights that you have in 82 games. And you know what Kyrie Irving says? You know what? I got eight minutes left in this game. How about if I win the game for us? Which he did. Scored 47 points. In, in, In his last 35 minutes of crunch time basketball, Kyrie Irving has scored 67 points. In his last 35 minutes of crunch time basketball, he has scored 67 points. I don't care how bad your defense is. Kyrie Irving is a competitor. Kyrie Irving was a big part of a championship, made the biggest shot in that game. And Kyrie Irving is a way better player than Andrew Wiggins. Plus, Kyrie Irving would have cost you this year $18 million, next year $18 million, and then he'd be a free agent. And you wouldn't be saddled with, with Andrew Wiggins making $30 million a year for five years after this year. But here's my point on Thibodeau. That, that and there's many things about Thibodeau. We've all talked about that for 99 games, this so-called great defensive coach, the Wolves out of those 99 games have played great defense in about 10 of those games. Three this year, and I remember like eight last year. They had an eight-game run last year, and the, and the little three-game winning streak they had this year, they played great defense in three straight games. That's like 11 games out of 99. They're 26th in defense last, this year. They were 28th last year. But it's worse than that. They've they've won some close games this year. They're four and one in close games. So let me read you this stat. It's the same as last year. This is from the Atlantic or the Athletic, excuse me, and not Johnny Krasinski. Uh, I'll give you the guy's name in a minute. Is it Britt? No, the team is mostly trending. He says, but they've been the. But here's the stat. They've been the sixth best offense in the league during the first three quarters of a game, averaging one hundred and six point one points per one hundred possessions. That offensive rating has plummeted down to 100.3 in the fourth, which is the 26th best mark in the league. Okay. First three quarters, sixth best offense in the league. Last quarter, 20, 26th best offense in a 30-team league. Last year, they were the number 10 offense overall. He doesn't have the breakdown by quarters. But in the fourth quarter, they were 24 because of this. In the fourth quarter, and, and, he, and he breaks they don't go to towns. They isolate uh, they isolate either Butler or Wiggins, and he says when they play isolation, they average .88 points per possession. That's an 88 offensive rating, which is dreadful. And 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 he keeps going to the same things that don't work. He keeps playing the small lineup, which is their worst lineup. How does a good coach keep going to things, Manny, that don't work and then, and then yell at his players for blowing games in the fourth quarter?
0: Explain that. Explain what? Do you think Tibbs is a good coach? Here, here – he- all right, we'll hold out on a traffic. Hold on, hold on. I, I want to throw in one knockout. thing. I think it's a knockout. I, I, I want to no, throw in one thing. this is not – here. okay, hang on a second, all Reapers. Right, right. Here's here, Corzo, here's the difference between me and you, since we want to go down this route. Okay? <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is rippable for many things. But the difference between me and you is I don't go on Twitter calling for him to be fired – Every time the wolf, every time the wolves lose again, yeah, and and let's 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 address that here for a <laughs> second here too, Reavers, yeah, because the other day we start talking about PJ Fleck and you put Reavers on the spot because Reavers is critical of PJ Fleck or he's critical of Richard Pitino or anything like this. So I I think it's funny and ironic that you can talk out of both sides of your mouth with two different situations like this.
3: I've explained it, and after traffic, I'll explain it, or, or later in the show. There we go. There's a good coach, and a, it's not results, Manny, that I'm looking at. PJ Fleck has had bad results this year because the team is bad. It is the results based on your talent. And Richard Pitino, when he got talent, you saw what a good coach he was. Uh, oh Fleck, when he gets talent, you'll see what a good coach Let he was. Let it play out, Road. I'm NBA. letting it play. Out. It's. I'm letting it play out, and I'm telling no, you, now, Tibbs
0: is a lousy coach. No, you're Ta- not. You were ripping him too have two games into last year. Hey, let's Please. talk to Herm Edwards when we get back. Yeah, here we go. Freaking.
4: Talking Purple right now on The Ride with Royce.
5: You
6: play
3: to win the game. Hello?
4: It's former player and coach turned ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards.
3: All right, Herm, Patrick's not here today, but Korzanowski's here, and you're always a guy that kind of speaks the truth. And I've heard you talk about Case Keenum in the past, and I guess sure. I guess a lot of people think, and even maybe to some degree, his own coach thinks that they love his competitiveness, they love his leadership, they love his confidence. You know, but am I wrong to think that this guy could legitimately be a really good quarterback for a long time in the NFL?
1: Well, history says, um, you know, with his experience, that that might not be the case. Um, because he's played, you know, he's been in the league. Um, it hasn't it hasn't worked that way, but I think he's in a situation now where he's going to try to prove everyone wrong, and it's fun to watch. Uh, when you think about the last time these guys lost was to Detroit, seven to fourteen. He was a quarterback, and since then they've won six in a row, and he's doing a fabulous job running the offense. And you know, we were talking about it a little bit today. Uh, here on Sports Center. And I mentioned that, you know, as good as this defense is and is touted for that, and, and they should be, uh, you're well aware, you've got pro bowlers at every level. Uh, their offense is ranked fifth. <laughs> what? Yeah, they got the fifth ranked offense in the National Football League, too. Yep. <laughs> Very balanced. Um, they run the ball as well as they throw it, you know, and the receivers are not household names. When you think about Thielen and Diggs, we know Rudolph, you know, he was a high pick. So, this team is functioning uh, great job by the coaching staff, great job by the players in this organization. When you think what they've dealt with in the last, what, year and a half, basically they've played with three quarterbacks. Uh, that's difficult to do and continue to win games like they have. You know, the quarterback has switched. I mean, that is generally devastating to an organization. Uh, when it happened and they, you know, they had to get a replacement for, for Teddy, obviously. Uh, and now, uh, you know, this guy comes in, Keenum, and
3: he's playing well. You know, one of the things I, that I've noticed about him, and that I that just as somebody that watches football, and I know ESPN has the QBR stat. And at least a couple weeks ago, the top three guys were yeah. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and Case Keenum. And one sure. thing those three guys all have in common is they're incredibly mobile in the pocket. And I mean, yes. I mean, I mean, Case Keenum. Make no mistake, this guy is. Uh, he's he's very Russell Wilson like in the pocket. He's he's magical in the pocket. He moves around. He buys time. He keeps his eyes down the field. And to me, that quality is so important in today's NFL. And it was a quality the Vikings that you would never have with Bradford. And you had somewhat when you know Teddy pre-injury. Right. But but you know I haven't seen him in practice. I don't know if he can still do that now. But but as a guy who's who's coached in the NFL and you know I, I'm old enough to remember how Norm Van Brocklin hated Fran yeah. Tarkenton because he ran yeah. around in the pocket. Now everybody would love the way Fran Tarkenton played, and and to me that that element that Case Keenan brings, where he buys time, keeps his eyes down the field, and when he runs is effective, but not very often, is is a really important factor in today's NFL. I know Tom Brady can do it from the pocket, and there's guys that can. Right. But, but, but if I was a coach, I'd prefer to have a guy that could move like Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott or Case Keenum.
1: Well, you, you bring up a lot of good points, and I think the key is, regardless of what attribute you possess, the most important one is win. Yep. And he's been able to do that. And he wins with his, with his strength. And his strength is his ability to create plays, his ability to extend the plays, with his feet, and I think the most, the most important thing is that he makes good decisions with the ball, and that's very important because the guy that plays with the ball and touches it the most, I say this all the time, is a quarterback, and he affects the whole football team. He affects everyone with how he plays, uh, and when you turn it over and you don't convert uh, third downs and you're off the field, um, that becomes bothersome. Uh, that's a problem. Right? He doesn't have that problem. Uh, it's not the highest-scoring football team, but they don't have to be the highest-scoring football team because they have a defense that's very, very difficult to score on. So I think he understands the strengths that are built around him. Now, can he carry a team? No. But he can do what he's doing. And, you know, and we, we put this bad label on quarterbacks all the time. We sit here, and, I, and I'm wondering, and I say, look, all quarterbacks are managers of the game. It's just a cord of how much you let them manage and how much does the coach manage on the sideline. It's almost like this menu that a coach has of plays and situations where he lets the quarterback do so much and he has so many. So they all manage the game. How much are you letting the guy in the huddle do it compared to the coach on the sideline do?
3: Well, and you know, I would say that if if the Vikings had all the same statistics they have now and mm-hmm. their quarterback was Sam Bradford that I think that the perception of the Vikings would be that they're better because Sam Bradford was a first pick. We all know he has an no incredible God. arm talent, and and I think that there's some perception just because they have an undrafted free agent that people aren't going to buy into him a, as much as the, maybe they would a Carson Wentz who was you know the first or second pick and has had sure. a fantastic season and looks like a fantastic quarterback. But but I think that he I think when you're an undrafted you know you, you think and I'm not <laughs> going to say that that Case Keenum is. Kurt Warner, who's you know is a Hall of Famer, right? But but there was a lot of doubt about. I remember that season, nineteen ninety nine. You know, there was a ton of doubt about about Kurt Warner, right? And, sure. and and after he did it for four or five years, they said, "Oh, gee, this guy's
1: pretty good." Sure, sure, sure. No, 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 no doubt. And and I think you know it has a lot to do with coaching. You know, uh, and, and this is the problem in the NFL. If you can survive getting bounced around for a while and you land in a good spot, yep. especially the quarterback. Most players that come in this league, they are, they are system-needy, okay? They all have talent, but some are system-needy. They need a system that fits what they do. And if you put them out of the system where they don't fit, they fail. And sometimes guys bounce around from team to team because the system quite doesn't fit their skill set, and so they never reach their maximum potential because it's too difficult. We see it all the time. He's found the place right now that fits exactly what he wants to do, and if he makes an error, and if he goes a couple three and out, he's got a defense over there that says, Don't worry about it, son. We'll give you some field position. We'll get this thing okay. You just keep doing what you do.
3: You know, I'll bring up another guy and he's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer is Drew Brees. And he's been oh, great boy. his whole career, right? But but yeah. they haven't been good and now they're no. good this year. Why? Because they have a great running game. I think one yeah. of the best in the NFL and and a very good defense. And then yeah now, you know, now they're winning games. But he's always been great. But but even the great quarterbacks need to have defense and sometimes a running oh. game, right? I mean, that's, that Are just goes without me?
1: saying. Hey, the, 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 the best quarterback in the division, and you guys in the division, is hurt. How many Super Bowls did he win? Yep, one. Yep. Uh, he's pretty good, though. But yeah, defense, really good. When the defense gives up so many points, the time he sits down and he's got to score again, or if they can't run the ball and everything's on him, it's tough. This is a tough league. You can win enough games where you might win a division, might get in the playoffs, but the problem is, You meet the good teams there, and you don't survive the playoffs. You're one and done.
3: Where do you think – Uh, The Vikings would rank when you look at right now. Obviously, they they beat New Orleans, but they beat him the first game of the season. I think New Orleans is a lot better team now, and they beat him at home. They beat the Rams, you know, last week. So, but it it, it wasn't like you know the Vikings won that game. But if these two teams played again, it could be. It was a very close game until the end. And and obviously, neither of those teams have played the Eagles, and the Vikings don't, and the Rams will in a couple of weeks. And then there's other teams still. You know, the Falcons are coming up, and there's other teams that could come up and still take over. But how would you? How would you? Do you think the Eagles are definitely better than? the rest or or not or that there's some other team
1: well i i I think the eagles when you watch them play they're pretty good in all phases you know there's certain phases of of your team that need to carry you every week where not so much with philadelphia right now Mm
3: they're
1: they're a king's hill early with the back end of their defense the secondary play it's gotten better We've seen it gotten better now. The reason they have a rotation of about six or seven guys that rush the quarterback pretty well, and they play with a the lead. They always play with a the lead. They know how to do this because of what their offense can provide. I thought early you watched the Eagles struggle some on offense because they were too needy on throwing the football. Now they become more balanced, and th- this is what makes them so dangerous. You're, you're, you're wondering, is there going to be a pitfall I thought maybe last week would be one. And the fact that how do you deal with success now? Everyone's telling you how good you are. You're going to play a rival game in the Dallas Cowboys. They struggled early in the first half. Then all of a sudden the Eagles showed up again. So I think a complete team, they're probably pretty complete. And you know what makes them better is they got a young quarterback that's, you know, he's playing like an MVP. And we've seen this. We've seen quarterbacks that have those kind of seasons they kind of lift the whole team up. He's kind of doing that <laughs> right now.
3: Right. he's He's been phenomenal, and a lot of people thought they were crazy for trading for him. Uh, now, Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, are you a white meat or dark meat guy? Uh, oh, Aaron? I'm
1: dark all, all, every time. You, I'm uh, in studio. I'm in studio, too, so I'm going to be eating and doing games and eating and doing games. I'm going to be tired by that last Oh, game. man. <laughs> and dressing? Do you like, yeah. cr- do you like cranberry sauce? The dressing. I'm, I'm, I'm the big dressing guy. How about cranberry sauce? It. I'm good with
3: that. Yeah, yeah. I am not good yeah. at that. And by the way, I don't I cook once a year, Herm, and I make yes. I, I make cream crone corn casserole with jalapenos. Oh. It's man. to die for, man. It's pretty good. It's I'm pretty,
1: already getting hungry. They're I know, it's right a great now. day. I'll, I'll be thinking about you tomorrow when I'm sitting in the studio doing
3: these games. I bet you I bet you that they uh <laughs> that ESPN uh, uh caters that up pretty good.
1: They do. We uh, got a nice spread coming tomorrow, so I can't wait.
3: <laughs> all right, Herm. Nice talking to you. Enjoy the games tomorrow.
1: Thank you, my friend.
3: All right. Herm Edwards, the one, the only, the great Herm Edwards. Some good stuff from him. We'll take a break. Come back with a Johnny Height update. Time to head into the 1500 ESPN Twin Cities newsroom. And Johnny Hyde with an update.
7: Thanks, Corso. This update sponsored by Dell. Dell Small Business Black Friday sale is on now. The lowest prices of the year and free shipping on everything. Shop doorbusters on business PCs with Intel Core processors. Call one 877 dell Uh, P.J. Fleck gets another year from the University of Minnesota today. That's pending approval, of course, from the Board of Regents. One-year extension for the football coach uh, allows the contract to run through the 2022 season. So into January. To grow, you must fail. Thanks, P.J. Uh, the Vikings injury report today: uh, They listed right tackle Mike Remmers, who has missed the past two games with a concussion, and safety Andrew Sandejo, who sat out last week with a groin and hamstring injury, as questionable to play tomorrow in Detroit. Sandejo indicated he does expect to play. Also questionable is defensive end Brian Robinson, who has missed the who missed the Rams game with a back injury. All the Vikings players were listed as full participants in a light workout they had today before leaving for Michigan. That game, that's the early one tomorrow. Eleven thirty. Uh, speaking of watching sports, if you have Dish Network, uh, you probably, yeah, no, that's you, huh? You, you what? Know. You probably won't be able to watch the Cowboys Chargers game. Tonight. Why? Sorry, a uh, CBS and Dish Network are in the middle of a squabble. CBS stations.
3: Oh, come on, you, you're going to miss the, the. You you need to see the Cowboys Broncos.
2: Is that what you need to see? Corso, Cowboys Chargers. It's bleeping Thanksgiving. I'm going to watch, watch football. I'm going to drink beer and I'm going to stuff my fat face because this is America.
7: Well, you're probably going to miss this one. CBS stations <laughs> that are owned by CBS around the nation have gone black oh. on Dish Network oh, in 14 markets. Yeah,
4: that's us. Including this one. Yeah, it's been a couple of days now. It's been a nicer, fresher,
2: too. <laughs> All right, Dave. My next-door neighbor Dave is a diehard listener of this radio station. Guess who's coming over to watch the does Cowboy have, game? Does he have cable? I think he has direct T V. Okay. Oh, so he's all right there.
4: Yeah. Uh, now yeah this... And I love how these two companies fight each other. They both oh, blame right. each other. Meanwhile, the viewing public, we blame both of you. Yeah. We, we hate both sides yeah. equally. You both equally. suck. You, you <laughs> know what?
3: I've never gone to the dish because every time they call me, I say, can you guarantee yeah. that it won't go out during a storm? And they say, well, no. it hardly ever no, does. It I, always does. I said, guys. the word hardly is enough. Well, this always. year, I've got Comcast, which they, and twice in the second quarter of the Gophers Nebraska game, And I missed the whole third quarter of the Vikings-Rams game. (laughs) Comcast, I lost the local channels. All the rest of the cable was on. My wife made the mistake of calling them, which I I wouldn't have done because I would have killed somebody. Right, exactly. (laughs) But it eventually came back on, but I don't know what's going on there. That was frustrating.
4: And that's how it is. Every time a cloud comes (laughs) over to South Minneapolis, we lose Dish Network. Hate Dish Network. Easy way to take care of that. Uh, Anyway... Move to the woods and start reading books again. You you you
3: stream everything. I <laughs> that's what I do. But guess where I get my cable and my internet from? Where? Cable. The well, cable so went your out. Cable went out. Your Comcast yeah. was out. Too? Well, not that. Just part of the. Just a few of the stations were out. <laughs> yeah.
4: John, yeah, nothing bad ever happens to you, does it? Well, it other does. than that, heart John attack. John lives in
3: the cloud. He does. just accesses <laughs> the cloud through magical through through like beans in a beanstalk. I didn't have a heart attack, Kenny. You did. <laughs>
2: And then all I got to do is plug a hanger into the back of my television set, and I get PBS. <laughs> no, it's
7: really quite easy, and I don't pay $90 a month.
2: Uh, anyway, uh, back to the
7: story here. Uh, here's, why, here's, why this, here's why this is a big deal. Dallas, Fort Worth, and Los Angeles, both those markets are affected by the dispute, oh. which means yeah, home teams in that game, nobody's going to This will watch be
2: resolved it. by
7: midnight. Well, it's been like Kenny said. It's been two, what, two, three days? Kenny already, and, but this uh, is the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. They're, yeah, they're they're saying uh, no, they're not even close. Uh, it also could Ooh. affect this Saturday's Iron Bowl, of course, number one Alabama versus number six Ooh, Auburn. Oh, that would
3: cause some problems in Alabama.
7: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And also, of course, the regular Sunday NFL games that
0: are on CBS. So. Dish has to get that resolved because they're going to lose a ton of subscribers. <laughs> Reavers, yeah, Reavers,
2: Timberwolves. No. <laughs> I really wanted to watch that game. I know the Cowboys are terrible right now, but I want to watch football. Is that the middle game or the night game? Yeah, I think it's the middle Middle game. game.
7: Timberwolves in action tonight. They'll play Orlando at the Target Center. Uh, The Wild on the Road on this Thanksgiving Eve, they are at Buffalo. Chris, I'd invite you up to watch it at my place, but that's a long drive.
4: Oh, yeah, I'll be over. But his
2: wife hates you,
7: so (laughs) (laughs) it's a long drive, too. Just like your
4: wife.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just like everybody's wife. (laughs) Although she loves it when I text John at about 1 in the morning after I've had you a
7: little too much. She does like that, yeah. What it wakes us up?
2: Hey, John, remember that song <laughs> we
4: played? You guys still sleep on the same floor, John? Wow, yeah. We, what's we, wrong with that? That's
3: pretty good. That's all uh, right. Thanks, Looks different. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not looking at Kenny, but we got traffic coming. I, a, I, I can tell he's here. Have a, yeah. have a good Thanksgiving. Don't look no. at him. <laughs> Heading toward what? Well, six, well, it's after five, so it's already drinksgiving, right? Oh, God, The biggest drinking night of the year. I think Heights already smashed. He just did his last (laughs) report five minutes ago. Drinksgiving. How had I never heard that phrase before? I'm shocked by that. We've been, yeah, I've heard that forever. You know why I think it is, is I think when I was younger, when I was in the age that you'd be going out to bars and stuff, the term probably wasn't around yet. It was probably your generation. Yeah, I think so. And I'd I'd have to give you credit for it. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh. And it's completely accurate. There was, there was a story in so the start. So take an
2: Uber. Do not take drive. Take Don't
3: be stupid. Don't be stupid. Yeah. I, I will be taking an Uber too. Or do what I do and just get plastered or stay at, at home. home. I love being at home. Oh, it's great. I love being at home. It's the As best you, bar in you, town. You know, when my you're, living room. Because here's the thing. When you're like a high school ki- a high school kid, well, you got to sneak out and drink, right? You're a college kid. You're either living at home or you're living in some really crappy apartment, right? Right. But once you like become an adult and you like actually have a, a nice house that you live in, with like a nice yes, TV yes. and maybe some tunes. It's just a party waiting to happen. Oh, God, you don't have yeah. to go out. And then the booze is a lot cheaper too. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. And you don't have to drive anywhere. It's outstanding. Uh, I saw something. And by the way, everyone, you know, the cheap radio, you can hear it throughout the airwaves in town. Oh, he's he's five and six. He's They're giving him an extension. I went and looked it up. These extensions are essentially a mirage. Right. In fact, I had it on my screen. Let's see if I can find it on PJ. Because PJ Fleck text. My brother already sent me a. Uh, he already sent me a text. Why don't they give him a 25 year extension? You know, <laughs> look. Here, here's how this works. This was in today's start or in the on the website. The, this is the amount that the Gophers have to pay Fleck if he leaves early, or the amount that Fleck would owe the school if Fleck leaves before the 2018 season. He has to pay four million. If he leaves before the 2019 season, he pays three million. If he leaves before the 2020 season, he pays two million. If he leaves before the 2021 season, it's one million. So essentially, if some big school wanted to hire PJ Fleck, he could leave, right? Mm-hmm. He, that's no barrier. Do you believe it? No. And then now, because the computer has frozen up, which happens all the time, I can't I can't scroll up to the to how much the Gophers. But apparently, if the Gophers fire him, it's similar if they fire him now it's the like buyout you're saying, the buyout yeah. it's like 9 million and then it goes down to like 7 million and then it goes down to 6 million and then it goes to 5 million my my point is if the Gophers want to fire him it's going to cost them something now but obviously they're not going to fire him he's going to get 3 years for sure yeah. right probably 4 for sure mm-hmm. right no matter how dreadful these uh, unless his third year they go 1 in 10 and everybody's quitting right he, he's going to be here for 4 years and we know that Patino would have probably been gone after three years, but he had after the huge the eight, buyout after the
2: eight and Right, and then his fourth yeah. year
3: was great, and now this year, you know, they're top 5th they they're top fifteen right now, and they look and they're legit. They're a good team. They're going to barring injuries, you know, this team will be a top five team in the Big Ten. Could win it. Will go to the tournament. Could make a run. You know, they're going to lose some tough games, but but they're a legitimately good team. I mean, Jordan Murphy is Jordan Murphy was a really good player as a freshman on a you know and then on is, a bad team, uh, yeah, you know, on, on a bad team. He you could see, boy, there's some hope there you know and then last year he was really great the second half of the Big 10 season i think made third team all Big 10 and now as if you saw last year the start of the season he wasn't scoring at all he wasn't really doing much first half of the Big Ten season, and then about coincided with their eight-game winning streak, Jordan Murphy was a star the last eight games, and he's gotten better now. It's, it's, he's a legit
2: player. So back to Fleck for just a brief moment. And and the snark is always going to be there, yes. especially when a team has struggled Had to the degree that this, yeah. that, that, that this Gopher team has. But I will say this. I, I I do think P.J. Fleck can coach, and I think he ultimately will have some success here at the University of Minnesota. I do believe in that, and I, I just get a little turned off by a lot of the Pop and circumstance that he, but but that's his selling point. That's his calling card. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that when the Gopher football team is at its zenith, when it's at the height of its popularity, let's say not Rose Bowl in the '60s, but uh, uh, Jerry Kill taking them to the Citrus Bowl January first, I think was as popular as the Gophers have been probably since. The, the Rose Bowls in the sixties, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, I mean, Mesa, but my, my point Mesa, is, there's yeah. only there's only a, a a certain percentage of fans that are going to be buying tickets, that are going to travel to the games, that are going to that are going to be quote unquote all in. And right now, you're seeing that there's there's just little interest in this program.
3: No, that's true, and because you know they're and they're not very fun to watch because they can't score any points. I mean, you know, uh, so it's but here's something that Flex said that that I appreciate. It was in today's paper about how bad his receivers have been, and they've been dreadful, right? He says, it's all part of of those growing pains. It's not fun to go through. It's not fun. I don't enjoy them dropping the ball, he said. Now, here's what I like what he said. He says, the worst coaching advice I can give is, hey, catch the ball. That's a statement that's obvious. It's getting them to learn how to catch it better. And Hmm. this is my point. What would Tubby always say? It drove me crazy. It doesn't mean that Tubby, this is what he was saying. Look, coaches don't have a duty to explain their coaching strategies to the public if they don't want. Right. But when they never do, I'm curious as to whether they ever actually have it. For example, Zimmer always does. Zimmer is very detailed in his criticisms. Right, he his criticism of Case Keenum is he threw some passes he didn't think he should have thrown. He said, "Don't do that." And then, and then he, <laughs> but but he said, but he says he shouldn't have thrown the ball. If you say to your guy, "Don't throw interceptions," well, that's a stupid statement. What he's saying is, look, when you got a guy who's, who's you're rolling to your left and you got to loft a ball over three guys and in front of two, don't throw that pass. That's going to lead. Although, if you remember, Case Keenum against the Rams threw the exact same pattern. The exact same pass to Kyle Rudolph, and he caught it. If you go look at that play, he he had two guys in front of him, three guys behind him, and he dropped only instead of throwing the ball eight yards too far, he threw a perfect pass. But he did it again. Case Keenum threw the same pattern, the same pass, once it was intercepted because he overthrew it, once he dropped it in perfectly. But if you ask me, that's not a pass he should throw because that's a tough throw. And if you don't throw it well, it's probably going to be intercepted. But, are you talking about the Rudolph one, or are you talking about the one with Thielen when he almost no, got his I, head taken off? No, I'm talking off. the Rudolph one that, okay. that he lost. Yeah. And, and the interception that, that he threw against the Rams, or the Redskins, the first one, was this looked to me to be the same play. It was Rudolph. He had two guys in front of him, three guys behind him, and Keenum threw a much crappier pass, and it got picked off. But either that's a good pass to throw, or it's not. And if it's not a good pass to throw, then you can't give Keenum credit when he completes it. Because he shouldn't have thrown it, and he probably shouldn't have, and he got away with it. Okay, that happens sometimes. But my point is, I want coaches who can explain. All I ever hear Thibodeau say is, "We got to stop turning the ball over." I've Gotta get my bell ready. Yeah. No, no, don't. We got to stop <laughs> turning the ball over. Well, we we got to score more in the fourth quarter. And in this article that I read, and we got another minute left. I, I, I mean. It's just incredible to me what they do. He goes here. It is the wolf. He goes even when those actions succeed. The shots the wolves create are very predictable. Here it is. They have relied on a heavy diet of isolations where they score only .88 points per possession, or slow to develop pick and rolls where they've managed zero point nine three points per possession. There has been very little side to side action, off ball cutting, or attempts to get early shots. In short, the offense is getting very bogged down under the stranglehold of Thibodeau's. Play calls, and I will say this: I've watched them. I've, you know, no one watches. Well, people, some people watch them more than I do, but I watch them a lot. So does Manny. They they play a completely different offense in the fourth quarter. They just do. I don't know yes. why they do that. Okay, let me, and yet for for now for ninety nine games, their scoring in the fourth quarter is is by far worse than it is in the first three. Yet Thibodeau keeps doing it. it just to just to be devil's advocate, when I watch
2: an NBA game, I'm not saying Wolves an NBA game. The fourth quarter is just different. But the
3: numbers take care of it because okay. they're 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 ranking them against the other teams. Okay. They're saying in the first three quarters, the Wolves have the sixth best offense. In the fourth quarter, when every team's playing in the fourth quarter, they have the twenty third offense. Okay, that's what he's saying. So they're comparing it against everybody in the fourth quarter. So comparative to the other teams, their offense is the worst in the fourth quarter. Yet they run a different offense in the fourth quarter than they do in the first three. So I guess I would say a simple fix might be: Why don't you just run the same offense you run for the first three quarters and try that?
0: Right? I, I would. I would tend I, to agree with we that. We don't, Corzo. We don't disagree on any of this stuff. The difference is. You want him fired, and I don't.
3: Well, you know, he's not going to get fired, so I just think he's not a good coach, whether he gets fired. I hope he, be, I hope he becomes a good coach. Uh, have a th- happy Thanksgiving, you everybody. Too, uh, and stay tuned for Roycey Super Bowl stories coming up here uh, before the 6 o'clock hour. Happy Thanksgiving, and enjoy the holidays.
4: Feel the power. Horsepower, that is. The Ride with Royce on 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN presents... 52 super stories leading up to the big game, brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Here's Patrick Royce.
6: I was taking note of the improvement of the Los Angeles Rams this year after being miserable last year and it reminded me of the St. Louis Rams of 1999. I remember being down there in 1998. The Vikings played them in the second game of the season down in the TWA Dome. They were all fired up. They thought this was going to be the year with Tony Banks as their quarterback. The Vikings beat them 38-31. They ended up 4-12. and They let Tony Banks go. They let a couple other quarterbacks go and they brought in Trent Green to be their starter. He got hurt in the preseason in 1999. In came Kurt Warner of the Iowa Barnstormers of the Arena Football League for two years. And uh, lo and behold, they turned into the greatest show on turf in 1999. Kurt Warner had been working at a Hy-Vee, ended up in the Arena League, showing up with the Rams. Trent Green gets hurt. And you all remember the tearful press conference from Vermeil, Dick Vermeil, when uh, Trent Green got hurt.
4: We are not going to use Trent Green as an excuse for losing. We will rally around Kurt Warner
0: and we'll play good football.
6: Warner passed for. 4,353 yards, 41 touchdowns, and the greatest show on turf went to the Super Bowl. They defeated Tennessee, a very good game, 23-16. I think we were all surprised how uh, well Tennessee played that game. He uh, threw two touchdown passes in that game, including a 73-yarder to Isaac Bruce. ...warner
4: back to throw. Rainbows the far sideline, and it is caught by Isaac Bruce. Makes a move to the 30, 25-20. And they won't catch him
6: today! That was when the game was tied with just over two minutes to play. Turned out to be the game-winning score. Warner set a Super Bowl record by throwing 45 passes without an interception and he was named the Super Bowl MVP. But when you look at Hall of Famers, and Johnny Unitas is famous as the quarterback uh, who uh, really didn't have any background undrafted, I don't think there's a more amazing Hall of Fame quarterback than Kurt Warner. Of course, went back to the Super Bowl two years later with the uh, Rams, and they ended up getting upset by the New England Patriots. At least we thought it was an upset then. But Kurt Warner, great story and a Super Bowl MVP. After the 1999 season. 52 Super Stories
4: continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin
5: Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bid Online as well. And don't forget, Bid Online for the NHL, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bid Online, where the game starts.